New year. New year, new results. Amen? Amen. I better hear a loud one on that. New year, new results. And I want to start with a scripture in Romans 1 verses 12. And this isn't really going to be towards uh, the message per se this morning. This is going to be kind of a message slash my heart. Um, So some of you guys that don't know me, I can share that a little bit uh, before we get started on this six-month journey together. Um, So it's going to be a little bit of a sermon, but a little bit of just me opening up my heart to you guys and letting you know where I'm coming from and where I see our church going. So this Romans chapter 1 verse 12, it says, when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith. But I also want to be encouraged by yours. And, you know, Paul's talking here, and I I want this to be for me also, that I want to encourage you guys in your faith over the next six months. Um, But I also want to be encouraged by yours. It's not all about me, it's all about him. And I want to encourage you guys in your faith, but I also want you to encourage me with your faith. Okay? And it says, Paul goes on to say that I want to work among you and see spiritual fruit among you. That's the goal for all of us that we are giving off spiritual fruit, that our relationship with God and with Christ as our Savior is giving off fruit um, to those around us, and it's evident to those around us. So I want that for us as a church. And my promise to you um, is I will do my best over the next six months to lead well. Um, this is new to me, but every beginning's got to start somewhere, right? Every journey's got to start somewhere. Um, and I'm surrounded by a fantastic staff. Uh, some great deacons and finance team members I have confidence in, and they will help me along the way during this six months. There's going to be some bumps in the road, I'm sure. Um, I hit a lot of bumps in the road in my life, and and I know these guys will be right there with me to help me out and encourage me and to keep me going. But I uh, just promise to lead well, to love you all, to serve you, be there for you. Um, I believe a pastor, part of that is being there for his congregation and caring for his sheep and the flock. So I will do my best. Some of you um, already know that, but if, if you don't, I'm here for you. Uh, my phone is always available if you need me to come to, to do whatever. I may not be the greatest skilled at it, but I'll help you with whatever I can, and I'll just be there to listen if you need somebody to talk to. Um, so I just want you guys to know that, Sarah and I both. And I also want you to know that I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit in everything that I try to do here at the church. I want him to lead every step of the way. I don't want to be anything about me, but I want to follow his direction and things we do with the church. And if that means he interrupts the service and wants to do something and move, then we're going to let him do it. Uh, If that means we go off schedule a little bit, then we go off schedule a little bit. Because again, an encounter with the Holy Spirit is better than anything I can say and anything we can sing up here. So I want to make sure you guys understand that, that I will follow him the best I can. Um, I want to help you move deeper in your relationship with God. And again, see those fruits of that in your life. And I want you guys to lead people by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to Christ. My job is to equip you. Your job and my job after that is to go out there and bring people to Christ through the fruits of our lives. So I can't do this by myself. I don't want to do this by myself. I want all of us, when we leave this building, to start winning people to the Lord. To see people come in here that don't know the Lord and be changed and transformed. And again, I just want to thank the leadership and the staff um, and this church for, for believing in me. I know it's TP right now, um, but I'm here. And God's put me here for this time and this season, and I want to do my best to glorify him in all I do. Um, Sarah and I love you from the bottom of our hearts. 
and modified youth, I love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Uh, we just that was four years together, um, and you got some great kids in this church. And they've actually stood out to me, you know, maybe I'm a little biased on this, but they stood out as leaders and a, and a beacon of light through everything this church has been through. And, and I, I commend them for that. Um, we decided a while back that we weren't going to let anything stop our pursuit of God and what he had for us. So I just thank them for the past four years and our volunteers that we've had back there. And we're going to make it where we don't just forget about the youth. Okay, we've got a plan together. We're going to work on that to transition and, and put some things in place so they can keep rolling along and stay on fire for God. Amen. Okay? Amen. And again, I'm thankful for this opportunity. I told you I was going to share my heart some, and, and I told Sarah um, a few weeks ago, I said that if this happens, and I know it's, there's, a, there's an interim, there's a temporary thing process to this, so I said, but if this happens, I may get emotional. And just talking about it makes me think about it. Because I have no other reason to explain why God has me in this position right now but God. And it's not, I'm, not, I'm nothing. I am nothing. And it's all Him in my life. And, and to think about where I've come from, to think about where I was, where I didn't even want to live anymore at the age of 18 to 20, to be able to stand on this stage and help lead people to Christ... It's just God. It's God. And I, I, I love him so much. I appreciate it. And I just, I just look back over everything and I'm just like, wow, God. Wow. You are so faithful. You're so loving. You're so gracious. He's just amazing. And I don't know why a, a person would ever doubt him. Um, because he is, he is real. He is true. And, he, and we can stand on all the promises that are found in his word. A little bit of summary for the year. Um, talking to a few people. And we did some good things this year at Orchardville Church. We did. Um, there's a lot of things that we can name off that was good. But to be honest, over the last four years, and I'm not, I'm not blaming anything or saying anything like that, over the last four years, we've been through some stuff. And as you go through things, you sometimes forget what your purpose was in the first place. Uh, we, we're focused so much on internal things that we forgot we are supposed to be something that's reaching out to touch the world. And, and I truly believe you know, that God's going to use this time, um, this next six months, this next whatever, to, to unite us together for the cause of Christ, to get back in the direction that we need to be going as a church to focus on seeing people in these altars and lives being changed. Because it's not about us. It's not about our wants, our desires. It's all about him. And we need to make sure we're about that throughout these, this future time together. Um, we didn't see a lot of souls won to Jesus this year. We didn't see a whole lot of baptisms. But I believe that's going to change here quickly. When we're excited about what's going on in here, we'll be more apt to tell people about it out there. And I just want us to focus on getting in the right direction and really focusing in on God and let him lead us in our lives. And it takes sacrifice. You know, I like to think 
that as we look out over the congregation, everybody in here is 100% sold out for the gospel and living their life to the fullest extent that God has for them. But I'm not stupid. It needs to happen, though. We saw what happened in the book of Acts when they came together in one accord and in unity, and they started working together to bring about change across the world when the church was birthed. I want us to be about that. I don't want anything going on between us but love and us taking that love outside the walls and, and, and bringing people in here. Uh, you've got to build relationships. You've got to, you know, I'm not, I told you guys before, I'm not big on church hopping. It's not how you grow a church. Um, we need to, to get outside of our comfort zones and reach people for Jesus and be about his work. Uh, God's not changed. God's never changed over the years we have. We talked about this in Sunday school, our class this morning, that uh, there's so much has changed in the last 25, 30 years in America. I remember growing up as a teenager, and this, the church was precedence over everything. Every week, if there was something going on at the church, we were there, and everything else took a back seat to that. And in 25, 30 years, that has flip-flopped to where we're so busy, we're involved in so many things that the church is not the top priority all the time. We, we let other things interfere with that, we, and, and I'm not picking on you, I'm just saying that we need to get back to where this is what we're about. And every opportunity we have to be in here, we should be here. Um, I know with all the circumstances, with the coronavirus and all that, that, that's not possible right now, but like George said, if you're online with us, you're a part of what's going on in here, and we appreciate you. So, <clears throat> again, God's not changed, we have. Um, he still wants to pour on his, out his spirit on us on his people. He still wants to move in his churches. He still wants to move on across America. I know that. Across the world. And I wanted to read a scripture out of Isaiah, and you guys are familiar with this. I think uh, Andrea Lewis actually commented on this this week, but Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. It says, but forget all that. Now, I'm not trying to take away or put in, but let's just say forget all that. Forget all that stuff that's happened, okay? There's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And there's a song as I was thinking about new season. There's a song, and bear with me as I read these lyrics, and let them move you if you desire, because they're really good. It says, it's a new season, it's a new day, a fresh anointing is flowing my way, it's a season of power and prosperity, it's a new season coming to me. You believe that, church? The devil's time is up, no longer can he bother me, because the creator of the universe, he fathers me. And it's transferable. My children's children shall be free. It's a new season. It's a new season. If you don't know by now, you need to know it's Jubilee, where debts are canceled and your children walk in victory. It's so available to you right now. Just taste and see. It's a new season. It's a new season. We have to make a choice and take a stand. All that we need is resting in his hands. It's a new season. It's a new season. All that was stolen is returned to you a hundredfold, tried in the fire, but you're coming out gold. Cling to his hand, yes, to every promise he take hold. 
it's a new season, it's a new season. I love the lyrics to that song. Um, new year, new results. It's a new season. And if we, if we want to see God move like we've never seen before, some things need to change in our own personal life and as us as a church corporately. That's truth. We need to, to sit down, evaluate our walk with the Lord right now, myself included, and figure out, am I doing the very best that I can to serve the Lord every single day of my life? Look in the mirror. I'm going to look in the mirror and ask myself, what, am I doing everything I can to serve the Lord? Is my heart totally His right now? And I encourage you to do the same. And corporately as a church, reevaluate things. Are we in the right direction? And, and next week, I'm going to start a three-week series about getting back to the basics of why this church was birthed, why we're here, because I think we need to realign with why the church was started and get back to just the basic, to make things simple about why we're here as a church. It's not for me to yell at JC and Audrey. It's not for uh, Ashley to yell at me. It's not, it's not about that stuff. We're here to reach, teach, and serve. This church was birthed for a freedom to worship. It was birthed out of love, and we need to get back to that. Amen. We need to be about his business. And I, again, <laughs> I know I'm just the TP. I'm the temporary pastor, and some have already tagged me with that. That's, that's going around in our group staff text right now. Thanks, trial pastor Rick. Um, so they're having fun with it. That's good. Um, <laughs> But I am not gonna. I'm not gonna get up here and sugarcoat things week in and week out just to get a vote from somebody. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tickle your ears and say things you want to hear, just so I can stay the pastor after six months. That's not what I'm about. I want to do what God's called me to do. And when you preach the gospel, sometimes it's not popular with people. Sometimes you have to challenge people, and, and people don't like that. I'm not sorry for that. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge myself to grow, to be where God wants me to be, to do what God wants me to be doing. And I, I encourage you guys to do the same thing. It's not a popularity thing for me. If I get done with this and I feel like I've done everything God's told me to do and I'm, I'm, I'm not voted on as a pastor, that's fine. But I'm going to stay true to this and I'm going to stay true to what he wants me to do. I just want you guys to know that. I want to go to heaven. You want to go to heaven? Yeah. yeah. You want other people to go to heaven? You want your family and friends to make it to heaven? Yeah. yeah, we all do. But we have to have this relationship with Jesus. And a lot of people in life, I was one of them, stop after the salvation prayer. Like, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I want to, I want to live for you. And then we stop. We stop. We think that's it. I've accepted Christ, I'm going to heaven, and it's over. But there's a relationship that, that builds. After you say that prayer and you invite Jesus into your heart, there's a relationship there that you need to build and you need to work on. And the definition of relationship is the way in which two or more concepts, objects, or people are connected or the state of being connected. The way in which two or more people behave toward each other. So we might say we want, we want a revival, we want to see miracles, we want to see people saved, we want to see more people baptized, uh, we want to see the lame walk, we want to see the dumb speak. We, what are we doing about it? 
how's that relationship going? Because I believe that the sacrifice you make and the time you spend with the Lord brings you closer to him and he rewards that. Now, um, when we pray for people, we should see them heal. I believe that. I know that doesn't always happen, but I think it happens more frequently and we see more salvations, we see more things happening when we stay close to him and build that relationship. I believe he honors that and he blesses us for it. So I want to encourage you guys on that this morning. It takes some investment in that relationship with Jesus. It takes some sacrifice. It takes some commitment. I might have to turn off Netflix or Hulu or whatever and spend some time in the word. But if I'm sold out for him, I'll do that willingly and with a joyful heart because he's top priority. It's quiet. (laughs) Faith without works is dead. James 2.26. James is saying that deeds or actions are the byproduct or evidence of a living faith. Works do not justify us or make us righteous before God, nor are they a means to salvation, but rather our deeds are the fruit of that grows from the one who is obedient to God's commands and we are transformed by his grace and we are saved by the grace of God. It's not by our works. And faith is our commitment to Jesus. Our works don't save us, but they do reflect a saving faith inside of us. Faith without works is dead. And, you know, as you look at this, it could refer to a believer living without a desire to accomplish good works for God. Like I said, we say the prayer, we get saved, but then we don't do anything with it. We cannot stay stagnant after you accept Jesus in your heart. You can't just sit there and do nothing. We need to put that faith into action and do those good works. Let people see the fruit of Jesus in our life. I mean, it's great that you're saved and everything, but I, and I think you know, when we stand before God and we're, and we're judged, he's going to ask us, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with the skills, the talents, the love, the compassion, the grace, the mercy? What did you do with it? When I gave it to you, what happened? And I want to be able to stand before him just like I hope you do and say, I worked as hard as I could to bring people to you, to share your love to people. I worked as hard as I could to to develop my relationship with you, to, to let everybody know who you were. I did everything I could, Lord. I don't want him to say, you sat by and did nothing. You accepted me, but you didn't do anything with everything I gave you in life. I don't want to be that person. I hope you don't want to be that person either. I'm just saying we we can do better as a church. We can do better as a church. I want us to be known as a a praying church, a, a giving church, a loving church, a worshiping church. I want all of that to flow out of here again. I want people to recognize Orchardville Church loves. They just love. I don't know how else to say it. They just love people. And they'll do whatever they can to help people. New results in this new year. Activate our faith and go deeper in our commitment to them. How many of you guys in here this morning want Orchardville Church to win? Uh-oh, I didn't see every hand go up. So we have to persuade the other ones in here that they want our church to win too. And not just, when we win, Jesus wins. 
When we're doing what we're supposed to do, that's a win. When we're seeing people saved, when we're seeing people baptized, when we're seeing people healed and coming to know Jesus, that's a win. That's what I want us to be able to, I want Orchardville Church to win. And when we win, God wins because we're doing what he's called us to do. So, to begin 2021, ready for this? Some of you might have seen it on social media. I want to call us to a, a time of 21 days of prayer and fasting. What? So many people moving around their seats already like, oh my gosh. Prayer and fasting. Are you kidding me, Rick? I'm not kidding. I feel like, and I know other churches do that, but I, I feel like with the, where we're at as a church, we need to get back to our first love. And we need to really focus in on getting back to him. And you can do that through prayer and fasting. And this is going to be January 10th, which is next what? Sunday. Sunday through the 30th. Okay? January 10th through the 30th. Um, and some of you may be sitting there saying, Rick, you're crazy. Why would you get up there your first Sunday and challenge us to a prayer and fasting? Because I want us to win. I know we've already won the battle. And we, the victory is ours, but I want this church to win and to lead well in our communities that feed into this church. Um, what you fast, you know, first thing people think is food. Oh, he wants me to not eat for 21 days. That's up to you. That's between you and God. I want you to sincerely pray about what you would fast, okay? It doesn't have to be just food. Some of you guys, myself included, are addicted to this thing. Somebody's texting me. You're addicted to this, and this would be a sacrifice to give up for some time. No, I needed to call people and text. Well, you probably use it 90% of the time if I look at your little time thing on social media. Or just surfing the internet. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's, I'll give up sweets or I'll give up soda. Just make sure whatever you're fasting as we begin this, that it's a sacrifice for you. If you don't like broccoli and you give up broccoli, <laughs> you're not fasting. Okay? As much as I wish that was true, you're not fasting. Okay? So whatever it is, and again, that's between you. I'm not going to tell you what to pick on your fast, but I will ask you to all participate as a church body. Please. Um, it's important for the direction that we're headed for us to get on the same page and for us to seek God to be closer to him during this time. Now with a fast, say I was going to do a partial fast and just eat once a day the time that I would be spending with eating breakfast and lunch that I'm not doing now, I need to be spending with the Lord. Okay, if you're not doing that, like say you're giving up a meal, so you're giving up breakfast, but you're not replacing that with seeking God and seek, seeking his word and worshiping and, and communicating with him through prayer, then again, you're not really truly fasting. It's a time to be closer to the Lord, to draw nearer to him. So take advantage of that. Whatever you're fasting, whatever you're giving up, make sure it's replaced with time seeking God, okay? Um, Jesus said this in Matthew 6, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to, to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, 
and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And again, I, I hit on this a little bit last week. He didn't say if you fast, he said when you fast. This was an expected thing during Bible times. It's still an expected time, a thing during today's times. And it's kind of a forgotten spiritual discipline in the church. A lot of people don't talk about fasting because it's sacrifice. It takes some work. But I feel in my spirit that we need to do this as a church to recenter, to refocus, to get us back to where we need to be with God. Will you guys join me on it? Six people. Amen. Throw your hands up. Say, Rick, I'm going to try to commit to this. Thank you. Now, I'm, t- I'm telling you, it doesn't have to be. For the- I just want you to do some part of it. If it's the 10th and 11th, you fast something, you're a part of it. If it's one day and you decide I'm, I'm fasting this this day, you're a part of it. I'm not saying you have to do it for the 10th or the 30th. It's not going to make you more holy than me or I'm more holy than you. Just be a part of it. Somehow, some way, be a part of this fast. It's very, very important for the direction that we're headed. Um, again, fasting is more about, not, it's more than not eating food. It's been referred to as a lost spiritual discipline. There's some misconceptions about fasting. It's not about just going without food. This isn't, again, something that you practice while you're sleeping. I hope Rick's proud of me. I made it all eight hours and I didn't eat. Okay? It's not dieting for physical purposes. I can't wait to fast because I'm going to drop that 30 pounds. It's not what it's about either. Okay? It's sacrificing something for spiritual purposes. It's a hunger for God. So as we fast together, we're saying... We are hungry for the things that you have for us, God. More than we're hungry for this. We're sacrificing, okay? We want to depend on God like never before. And abstaining from the natural to see what? The supernatural happen in our lives and in our church. I want my kids to be wowed and amazed when they leave church. Like, oh my goodness, That woman came up with these thick glasses and she left without them and she threw them in the trash can because she could see perfectly fine. God still does those things. Did you see we had eight people come to the altar to be saved today? That's amazing. God still does those things. He's not changed. Like I said before, we're the ones that become lazy. He's not changed. We're eliminating distractions for a spiritual purpose. And it's kind of a reset for us. And I'm going to hit on this more over the next few weeks that we need a reset in our church. We need a reset. Let's get back to the basics of why we're here and do what God's called us to do. Amen. If our praise team would come back up, please. And again, I just want to reiterate that fasting should be a challenge for you. Again, you decide what you want to fast. If you have questions about it, um, I've put some packets out on the welcome desk. And they're kind of thick. So one of them uh, has to do with what is fasting? Where is it at in the Bible? Um, What does it look like for me? Uh, Full fast, partial fast, um, a soul fast. It's all in one of those packets. If you have questions about it, um, if that doesn't answer your questions, give me a call. We can talk throughout the week. Um, Whatever you have questions on. There's a packet for that. There's also one, I said prayer and fasting. There's also one for prayer, a packet to kind of kickstart your prayer life. Things that you can be praying for. So how many of you sit down to pray and in five minutes you're over? Anybody like that? Is it just me? 
So it's just a prayer guide for you to pray things. Praying scripture over your life is a powerful thing. There's some in there about that. So I encourage you guys to pick one of those up. If we run out today, um, I did 50 of each packet. I'll get some more printed for next week because we're going to start next Sunday, okay? You guys with me? Okay. I want us to be the church that God's called us to be. I want love to flow out of this building every single week. I want to hear reports of, man, Bear, man, he's just a great guy. He helped me out with this. He, man, he really showed the love of Jesus to me. I want, him, I want to hear Dalton. Man, people talking about Dalton in the community. Dalton, man, he just loves the Lord. I just see it. He's just got this glow about him. That he, and he's serving the Lord, and he's just, he's just a great person. I can tell he's got Jesus. I want you to hear that about me. I don't want you to hear your TP sucks. I don't want you guys to hear that. I want to wake up every day saying, Lord, use me in some way today. What can I do for you? Open my eyes to opportunities where I can serve you and be a blessing to somebody because you bless me more than I can handle. All right? Let's be on, on board together. Let's see new results. 2021 see you 2020 it was rough but God's got great things in store and as we do this fast and we pray um, together I believe he is going to honor that and he's going to move like we haven't seen in a long time are you ready for that here's what I think and I'm closing here's what I think should happen when somebody walks in here that doesn't know the Lord. From the first moment they walk in our front door, they should feel God's love. And that starts with all of our volunteers out there in the lobby helping out. Um, whatever, whatever capacity you serve and volunteer at the church, you're important. It doesn't matter who you are, you are important and we need you. I would love to see 100% participation from our church in volunteering and getting plugged in in your church. Because that tells me you believe in what's happening here. And you want to be a part, whether it's in the kids or it's, it's cleaning, whatever it is, or greeting people as they come in, we're all in this together. But I feel like when somebody walks in, they should feel that. When they sit in the service, they should feel the love of God in everything that we do up here, everything we're doing out here. And when it comes time for an altar call, if they don't know the Lord, they want to run down here and say, I've got to have what you guys have. If you guys will stand with it, stand this morning. Just bow your heads for a minute. Father, we just thank you for who you are, God. I thank you for sending your son to die for us. And Lord, as we embark on this 21 days of prayer and fasting next week, God, I just pray Father, for one, that we have 100% participation in our church body. And Lord, as we do this, that, that we would understand that there's sacrifice involved. There's a price to pay. But God, you paid the ultimate price for us. Your son paid the ultimate price for us, God. And Lord, I pray strength for all of us as we participate in this fast, God, that we would stay committed. Lord, that we'd honor you in it, that we would seek you, God, that we would draw so close to you, Father, during this time. 
as a church. And God, I'm believing in this new year that we are going to see new results and results that your hand has been upon everything that goes on in here.